Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Movie Tragic. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Ryan Peruzzi, and with me is my co-host, Alexander the Great. <laughs> I Alex Richmond. <laughs> Maybe I'll just give you a different Alex name every episode. We'll see. Sounds good to me. Um, all right. How you doing, bud? I'm doing all right. Getting through it. How about you? Same here. What are you playing and watching? Uh, I am currently watching pretty much nothing. But ah, yeah, you've been a busy boy. Yeah, I've been just doing a lot of school and stuff. Uh, and then playing, I've been playing a little bit of the new Evil Dead game. Oh, yes. Yeah. Similar to Dead by Daylight in a way, right? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. You have a little bit more power as the survivors, though. Uh, you just beat the crap out of everything that shows up. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, but other than that, that's pretty much all I've got in time to play. What about you? Um... Been watching Barry, finally caught up to that a little bit. Um, I haven't watched the fourth episode, which just came out Sunday, so. But uh, really liking it. You know, I think you mentioned how one of your friends said that season one or two were too similar. Um, I could see that, but I think season three really um, just kind of blows it all up, and the show really changes. So I'm really, really, really enjoying that. Uh, Moon Knight's done, so no MCU. <laughs> We're just waiting for Obi-Wan Kenobi right now, right, essentially? Yeah, I think so. That's yeah. at the end of the month, what, the 20th? 24th or 27th or something, something like that. that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then just playing Dead by Daylight, as always, and then I've been playing uh, some Cyberpunk. Oh, really? Yep, 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 really enjoying that. Um, I'm playing on PS5, mm-hmm. so I can't say if it works on older, on a PS4 and Xbox One right now. Um, but, uh, I've only had two crashes the entire game so far, and one of them was caused by me because I made an explosion so big the game was like, <laughs> I can't handle this. <laughs> so it just... Um, and then the rest of the time, it's just like funny Fallout glitches. So, yeah, so that's it been... En- enhances the experience. Oh, right it's now. been... Yeah, <laughs> like there was one where I just like rescued this dude that was being uh, tortured by um, these two thugs, and I killed them, and then the dude was like stuck in animation between falling down and getting up so he just kind of like in his running animation just was on the ground sliding (laughs) (laughs) and just i was like all right well that's a talent and i (laughs) and it happened to me again actually the same thing oh with another yeah so it's just been a weird weird funny bug but again they're fallout bugs yeah they're not uh game breaking bugs and i think uh it's just a really good Fallout game, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of Falloutness to it. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, that's yeah, that's about it. All right, let us get to the news. And uh, we got two sad things to start out with. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, the Block Dahlia murder vocalist Trevor. I asked several people how to pronounce his name, and um, Stranod. I, I apologize if I mispronounce it. I, I tried to figure out online how to... But he has tr- tragically uh, passed away at the age of, I believe, 41. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just really sad. Um, I've listened to Block Dahlia since I was, I think, 14, 15. So, yeah, like, half same. of my life at this time. Oh, you listen to Block Dahlia, too. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this was uh, really, really sad. And my condolences to the other band members and to his family. And so... All right, and then we got uh, another uh, death. Uh, Fred Ward, who uh, starred in films including uh, Henry and June, Tremors, The Right Stuff, and The Player Has Died. I think you and me 
have a fondness for him in our heart because we mm-hmm. both grew up with Tremors as um oh god what was his name in the movie why am I forgetting now yeah I can't seem to remember it either but he was I mean he was fantastic he's been in so many things that we probably don't even Earl realize his name was Earl, Earl. in the movie okay um, yeah no yeah he's one of those really good character actors that you can just kind of blend in but when he needs to be front and center he was really good at that too yeah um and this is uh, one I just forgot to put in the doc, but I just want to mention it real quick. The Weird Al movie trailer came out. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very excited for this movie. If yep. you don't know, Daniel Radcliffe is going to be playing Weird Al uh, in a movie. I think made by Funny or Die, and it's going to premiere on, like, Roku. So I don't know how what? I'm going to... Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you don't know, Daniel Radcliffe is actually, like, a lyrics nerd. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, he's a giant lyrics dork. So, it felt like perfect casting just from that. Um, Alright. Saved by the Bell. Canceled at Peacock after two seasons. Now, neither of us watched this. No. But, I just heard nothing but really good buzz about this show. So, that was what was really weird to me that it got canceled. Um, I I heard it was, like, very meta, actually. And, and, uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting that they canceled that because uh, I heard and a lot of people were not happy on on the the old Twitter yeah, um, I'd heard nothing about it since it came out either, oh so. really? yeah yeah that's so um, weird yeah I, I heard good things about it actually <laughs> uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has wrapped filming which means uh, that's the last of the Guardians because James Gunn's not coming back and we don't know what the fate of these characters are going to be um Dave Batista definitely said he's done after this movie. Yeah. Um, he's just like, I can't put up this muscle anymore. I'm getting old. <laughs> so That and the, what, like four hours of makeup he would do yeah, every day? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it'd be longer than four hours. Yeah. Um, I was being I guess generous. it's probably just the top half of his body, probably, that oh, could yeah. do it. So, um, yeah, nothing more to say that. Just I'm really looking forward to the movie, and it's insane that it's taken this long to, for this movie to come. Yeah. It's felt like just because of the whole he got fired then they brought him back and then he did suicide squad in between that so and i mean thor has to come out probably before guardian so they probably have been waiting on that yeah that's that's very true um well it probably got changed around i imagine actually it oh. probably wasn't originally going to be that but since everything got moved around they had to incorporate it mm-hmm. um loki season two uh set to start filming june 6th in london um, it'll be interesting to see what happens here because I don't want to spoil Multiverse of Madness, but these have been kind of separate multiversal incidents that mm-hmm. don't actually really connect all that much. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting how this, does this pick up with Multiverse of Madness at all? Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, thoughts on it? Uh, I honestly <clears throat> can say I have no idea where this show is going because of how the MCU's set everything up. Even though there was a post-credits for Loki, yes. it seems like they don't... Well, they probably have a good idea what they're going to do, but it's very mysterious yes. how they're going to set it up. Um, yeah, it's just interesting, because I'm feeling a lot of people complain about uh, Phase 4 and it has no direction. I'm like, they're just setting up new characters right now. Yeah. Like, they're just setting up the new generation yeah, what, we're three years into the like, second arc 
of the MCU yes, po- post yes. Endgame, so like we should probably give them a little bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they 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 got X Men, they got Fantastic Four still to use, so I think people just need to calm their calm their uh, calm their butts down. Um, she Hulk premieres August seventeenth. Um, I'm really excited for this one because the trailer seemed to be. Closer to almost like uh, WandaVision more than anything, which is how weird the trailer was, how meta it was. Um, I don't know, I'm really excited for this. I like What's-Her-Name that's playing She-Hulk from um, Orphan Black. Uh-huh. That's a great show. Yeah. I watched, I think, only um, three seasons. It just went on too long. Um, <laughs> it's like eight seasons or something, <laughs> six seasons. Um, yeah, then Mark is going to be in it, and uh, I assume we'll get the answer to how, why he's back in Mark Ruffalo. He's not Professor Hulk anymore. Um, Yeah, thoughts? Um, I don't have a heck of a lot of info on She-Hulk other than the 90s Hulk show. So so I'm pretty excited about this. Just so you can be exposed to the character more. Same here, actually. Yeah, I just, I I know she's a lawyer. That's about it. Yeah. AMC to adapt um, their first video game series uh, based on the game Alan Wake in the works with Remini collaboration. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, um, so am I. <laughs> especially going to AMC out of all places. I'm just glad it's not Netflix or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, it's going to be on a nice premiere network that understands tone and atmosphere, so I'm, I'm just really excited about this. Who's going to play Alan Wake? I have no idea. Um, I was kind of racking my brain trying to think of it, but this could be like a maybe a nice prototype for getting people into Twin Peaks or something. Yeah, because uh, there is a lot of Twin Peaks inspiration. A lot. And in, uh, in Alan Wake. All right. Anything you want to add? No, I'm just excited about it. Alan <laughs> Wake is one of my uh, top games of. Well, I only played it last year, so top games of, like, the last five or six years. So. <laughs> yeah, same here. It's one of my favorite games ever. Um, so, Dead Space Remake launches on January 27, 2023. Very excited about this. I've tried replaying the first one on Xbox Game Pass. It's very clunky for how precise <laughs> you have to be with your weapons. So I was like, eh, I'll just wait for the remake. Um, no, I'm just really excited about this, and I wonder if they'll do anything different, add anything. Um, yeah, thoughts? Uh, I actually haven't really played the any Dead Space Dead series, Spaces, okay. which is really weird for me, uh, considering yeah. the subject matter. Uh, but, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it, because it's, it's going to be something different. Hopefully it stays the same quality that I've heard that Dead Space is. Uh, Except but, for three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the EA got its grubby hands on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's make this an action game like Resident Evil 5. And everyone's like, please don't, don't do that. <laughs> make him buff like Chris Redfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, patch volcanic boulder. <laughs> I just remember going, when we were playing Resident Evil, I was like, where did this volcano come from? <laughs> just popped up out of nowhere. There's always been like kung fu and stuff in 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 uh, Resident Evil, but okay. But punching damn, a boulder, punching a boulder, yeah, it's absolutely nuts. 
It's not Dragon Ball Z, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, this news is very exciting for me personally. Um, how caught up on you on the screams? Uh, I have not watched the last one. Okay. Well, there is a... I'll just give you a... Not a spoiler, but a Easter egg spoiler. Is that okay with you? Uh, sure. They teased Hayden Panettiere's character is alive <laughs> in Scream 5. All right. There's like a YouTube link, and then if you pause on Dewey's phone, you can see her uh, name in it. Uh, you can see Kirby. Um, so I'm very excited for this, because she's probably one of my favorite uh, characters in the whole franchise. <laughs> yes. She was the highlight of 4. Um, and yeah, a, a, a knife gut. That's not gonna. That's not gonna kill somebody in this franchise. It's yeah, a simple no. knife stab. So, <laughs> um, it was plausible. It's not like she got stabbed in the neck. So, like, just the way that they shot the movie, they were just able to bring her back because of that. But I'm really excited for this. Um, what say you? Do you welcome Hayden? Oh, of course I do. Okay, good. You know, save um, the cheerleader, save the world. Man, uh, that show could have been something so special. <laughs> Oof. Just made so many bad decisions after yeah, the first season. Did. Even the first, the season one finale was like. So we're having this really bad CGI showdown outside of like a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then they did the reboot, I think. Oh uh, yeah, there yeah. was a tiny reboot. Man, none of those TV show show reboots have worked out. X Files was <laughs> terrible. Yep. Um, yeah, none of those have worked out. All right, Fallen Order sequel. Star Wars Fallen Order sequel. It's called Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I'm sorry. This is the most uninspiring title I've ever heard. Yeah. It sucks. I'm sorry. I love this franchise. I love Cameron Mahoganen in as the role of uh, Cal. But this title sucks. <laughs> what if it's a survival game? Then it makes sense. <laughs> sure, but I don't think it's just... I think it's about the Order 66 survivors, yeah. I assume. So. Oh, definitely. But... Still, it just feels uninspired. Yeah, it's there's so many places they could go with it, and that's Fallen Order is such a cool title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that's what was so weird to me. All right. Anything else? No, oh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Christopher Walken has been cast as Emperor Shad. I haven't read Dune, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I Shaddam the Fourth. In Doom Part 2, joining uh, the rest of the cast. And then Florence Pugh is going to be in the movie now. Um, I did not know that until I read about this. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. Adding to an already crazy cast. Yeah, and Florence Pugh, just outside of the MCU, she's like, let me just do the weirdest shit I can find. <laughs> um, and I appreciate that about her. Um, Jack Reacher star, Alan Richson, joins Fast X. I am very excited for this. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched Jack Reacher. Um, oh, it's on my list. I heard it's good. It is very good. Um, yeah, I might have to start watching that soon, actually. Actually, no, I need to watch The Boys next. That has to be the next thing I watch. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for this. If you don't know Alan Riston, he was in Blue Mountain State. Mm -hmm. He was also in a Rooster Teeth movie. Uh, God, what was Laser Laser Team? Yeah, laser, uh, laser team. team party, something like I that. I think it's just laser team. <laughs> but yeah, he was in that, so um, the dude's just kind of willing to do a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, he was also in um, uh, Titans. Titans, thank you, yep. as uh, Hawkman. 
Yeah, he was, uh, honestly, for me, he was the best character in the whole show. Oh, yeah, I love his character in that show. Um, really great. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I just, I've been following his career for... Do you think Vin Diesel has him in a cage? <laughs> well, based on recent news, it's did, quite possible. <laughs> did you see that video of her and what's her name? Um, the hot hacker? Yeah, I did. Uh, oh my gosh, you look so uncomfortable in that video. Yep. If you have not, again, go to Vin Diesel's Instagram. It is a mindfuck of an Instagram page. It is... I don't know how much weed that man smokes. <laughs> yeah, if at any, but... It, dude, it's... Everyone it, just it's looks so miserable. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, anything else? Nope, alright. Uh, last piece of news here, and this just happened... Um, Yesterday, Prey trailer for Hulu from the director of 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, Prey is going to be a, a Predator movie uh, set in sort of like um, um, primitive times. Mm -hmm. So like just bows and arrows and spears, essentially. Yeah. I'm really excited for this. As soon as it's set from the director of 10 Cloverfield Lane, I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah. That made my, uh, my ears perk up. Um... And I assume, again, I think because we, when we talked about it on a previous episode, we mentioned that Alien is doing the same thing. Yeah. They're going to have just a movie um, exclusively on Hulu. So I assume because both franchises had uh, a couple of stinkers, <laughs> they're just uh, kind of testing the waters of how interested people are still in these franchises. Because uh, The Predator was an awful movie. I understand that there was problems on set, apparently, and there was just a lot of bullshit going on and I was like wow a Fox movie with a bunch of bullshit behind the scenes how <laughs> shocking um, <laughs> like that didn't happen during Alien 3 or most of the X-Men movies or I could go on um, what say you uh, it, I am a little worried just for the fact that it, they're Hulu originals yeah which have not really gone over too well but I have some hope because of obviously the director and the way that they're going with the... It's different. Yeah, it's different. Much different. So, that's all I'm really asking for, honestly. <laughs> um, it's just... Yeah, because every movie's just kind of been somewhere Predator crashes on Earth, and then some soldiers, and it's just the same thing, really. Uh, I really like Predators, though. Uh, yeah, the one with Adrian Brody good. doing his Batman impression. Yeah. <laughs> his best Christian Bale. I was yeah. like, why are you doing that? <laughs> it, it was pretty damn good, though. It was surprising. It was a Robert Rodriguez film. Yeah. Um, when he's not surround... When he can do the radar stuff and there's not even a slight PG side to him, to his movies, uh, you're going to get the best out of Robert Rodriguez, in my opinion. Yeah. Because, um, man, that... He literally just put Spy Kids in Star Wars. That was just so bizarre. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah. Uh, not exactly, but it felt very Spy Kids. No, it, it was very Spy Kids, uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl type stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, very confused on why it was in there at all. But then we got Danny Trejo as a Rancor Wrangler, yes, which was which the coolest. Was the which was very cool. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, that's actually it for the news. Um, I thought that would take longer. Um <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so recommendations. Uh, Alex, you've been so busy, I said, I can't think of a recommendation. Like, I don't have one at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go first. And my recommendation is a movie that we literally just 
mentioned, which is 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, Alex, I don't know how... Do you Have you seen this movie? Oh, yeah, I have. Okay. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, I mean, movie. I should know next since you said it was from the director of that. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, uh, this movie's from uh, 2016. Uh, has uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, which is probably one of the reasons why I love this movie so much. Um, John Goodman. Uh, those are pretty much the two big actors of the film. And uh, this movie was originally not even supposed to be a Cloverfield. It got kind of changed into a Cloverfield movie toward the end of production. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about Mary with, with Winstead is uh, driving angry uh, away from her uh, cheating boyfriend. And she crashes her car. Uh, John Goodman's character picks her up, locks her in. She says, there's shit going on out there. It's, a, it's the apocalypse. You can't go out there. You'll die. And so he stays with these stays with John Goodman and this other gentleman, and they just live together for a while, and uh, shit starts to boil over. Um, and it's just a really tense movie. Uh, John Goodman's John Goodman in it, so you know he's just gonna bring uh, he's gonna bring his A plus performance. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is fantastic in it, and uh, unfortunately, you can't really. Str- I don't want to give away too much. I'm just kind of giving the base. The base story because um it's just much better to let it unfold um but uh yeah you can just rent it at all your usual places amazon prime youtube apple tv voodoo or google um so yeah that's just my quick little synopsis. like i said um synopsis i'm sorry um i didn't say a word there uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i just don't want to give too much away so uh do you did you think of something Oh yeah, I, okay. I got something. Uh, it's been talked about a lot though, so people probably do know about this show, uh, Severance. Oh yeah, I've. Sorry, before you go off on it, I just want to say I thought this was another rich white people show. <laughs> no, <it definitely laughs> do you see where it not. came from? That I yes. was like, oh, it's apples. It's apples billions and their um, uh, what's the HBO one? Um, Oh, uh, oh God! I'm just not interested in that show. Yeah. Um, no, I can't remember. I can't it. remember it off the top of my head either. All but right. uh, it, yeah, it's really freaking good. It's a very weird concept. What uh, is it? So, the people in the show are um, called innies. 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 Uh, so a I normal said person, innie, like a belly button. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> they're normal people. Who, uh, have decided they want to take a procedure that will split their mind into two parts. One of them is their uh, time at work and okay. the other part is their time outside of work. They have no memories whatsoever of the other part of them. Interesting. So, oh, it's sci-fi. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much the person who's inside at work is working 24-7. They... Okay. Yeah, and hmm. but on top of that, they're doing some kind of work that is extremely strange, and there's no explanation for what it is. Uh, it's a very, I don't know what to call it, a disturbing, hellish office setting with the mystery. It, I okay. don't want to give too much more away because it's very... Um, it's still, even now, after season one, it's still a very big mystery as to what's going on. I will tell okay. you that. Okay. But other than that, it is a crazy good show. It's uh, streaming on Apple Plus. 
Okay. Uh, so people gotta get that Apple Plus. Yeah. Okay. And heck, you might even have a, a free year of it if you have a, a Apple product that you've bought in the last. Or a PlayStation Five, I think you also oh, get really? some free. Yeah, you get oh, some free cool. stuff. I think. Um, I think I did. I just never used it because um, I already have it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, I had no idea. Like I said, I thought it was just another rich white people show. Yeah. So, but yeah, that sounds really interesting. Um, all right. So, uh, <laughs> next week we are going to be watching something else that's equally as haunting. Um, <laughs> we're going to be doing 2019's Midsummer, which is the other movie that, uh, Ari Aster has directed and wrote. Um, I'll get more into the production of that movie when we actually do it, but there's some really interesting tidbits I already know. Um, but you can... Uh, rented pretty much anywhere, uh, but it is on Showtime. So, all right. All right, Alex. Uh, <laughs> I took you on quite a journey with this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you... I want to hear your thoughts first on Hereditary. Uh, slow and then absolutely terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my God. So, yeah, I watched this... Fairly late at night. Uh, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, after I was done watching it, I kept trying to fall asleep, and just as I was getting to dreamland, I'd pop awake, and, and then I'd picture look... Tony Collette in the corner of your room. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. Yes. Oh man. Oh, and it happened all freaking night too. <laughs> There's, like, no way around it. It was a terrifying fucking movie, and I probably will not watch it for a long time. <laughs> usually how it goes with Ari Aster movies, quite frankly. Alright. Yeah, um, I really, really, uh, I fucking love this movie. It's haunting, it's disturbing, you're uncomfortable the entire time. You said mm -hmm. that knot in your stomach where you're just like, I don't want to be in this situation anymore. It's like when you see a fight and you're just like, I'm, I feel icky. Uh, That's that movie for just, you know, the entire time. Yeah. I, I told somebody that it was the way I felt... Watching this movie was the way I felt about watching Meet the Fockers, but in a completely different way where I was uh, having knots for a, a much reason. worse reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh... Alright, so let's get into the production of this movie. It's really interesting. So Ari Aster scripted uh, two short films um, before he did this, which one called The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. Um, that will make you even more uncomfortable than this movie. I promise you. No, really? uh, I watched it. Yeah, it has to do with a son sexually assaulting his father. Okay. Yeah, it's something. Um, and then... Munchausen? I can't pronounce it. I'm sorry. I'm, I would be the worst substitute teacher. Um, <laughs> uh, which is what got him on A24's uh, radar. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so um, he <laughs> originally sold the family, uh, the family, the film as a family tragedy, and then later on added the supernatural elements to it. And uh, so I know that skipping to the first twist of the movie, which is... Full spoilers. Yeah. Full spoilers ahead. Uh, if you have not watched this movie, I highly recommend watching the movie first and then coming back. 
Or maybe listening to us will make you just want to watch the movie anyway. I've done that several times. <laughs> yeah, I have gotten this twist spoiled for me before the movie, and it's still worth watching. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, Charlie... Charlie gets her head decapitated from a telephone pole. And the one criticism of the movie that people have had is that the son just goes upstairs and lies in bed. That people are like, that's not... Like, they just didn't feel like that was realistic. I'm like, well, one, put yourself in that shoes. Could you literally just go up to your mom and be like, hey, got some rough news here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of killed your daughter with a telephone pole. Her head is somewhere out there. I'm not sure. Yeah, try, try doing that. Um, this re- actually happened in real life. Oh. Um, but it wasn't a brother-sister situation. It was just two friends. Um, and, uh, yeah, the friend just accidentally, I think it was similar cir- circumstances, um, literally just drove up, went into his house, and then I guess a person walking their toddler found the body the next morning. Oh, shit. So, this actually did happen. So, yeah, fuck you to all those people that said it's not realistic. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... I think it's realistic. It's like yeah, him trying I just, to disconnect from what happened. I, I don't know. You're in shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're in shock. Um, so, Tony Collette was uh, one of Ari Aster's first choices, but she was reluctant at first because she just, she's like, I don't like horror movies. But then she read the script and was just like, I can't pass this up. Uh, if uh, shot in Utah. Um,. Goes forty four million in the U.S. and Canada, then thirty six internationally for eighty oh. mil on a ten mil budget. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, this movie is actually super critically acclaimed. Um, it's crazy that Tony Collette did not get an Oscar nomination in this mm-hmm. movie because she is just she. Oh my god, dude, she's so good in this movie. It's insane. And you just don't see Tony Collette do this sort of role ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I most people would probably know her from Knives Out. Most recently. Yeah. Um, which she's a very funny character in that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, audiences hate this movie. If you look on, like, cinema score, it's got, like, a D+. It's, it's a rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes. Dang. Uh, from the audience. Yeah, it's A24 movies, man. They just... People don't like them. <laughs> um, the film was shot in just over a month, 32 days. Wow. That is short for something so good. <laughs> yeah. The original cut of the film was over three hours, um, mostly consisting of just more family character development, um, and the script was originally written to take place in a snowy uh, landscape in the mountains. Now, I've heard, also have had some people tell me, this is not a horror movie, go fuck yourself, uh, <laughs> again, joking, um, but I think what this movie really does well is play on the fact that, hey, you know what's scarier than demons and ghosts and stuff? Maybe actually going crazy. Yeah. Legitimately actually losing your mind. And this movie plays on more of mental health stuff than anything else, really. Mm. Uh, and I think it's just brilliantly interwoven with each other. Um, Alright, so we're gonna talk about the film now. And uh, we begin with Ellen's obituary... Nothing else to say there. It's an obituary. It just kind of <laughs> explains the family. Uh, actually, I think it tells you like the names of the characters, too, just so it helps. Yeah. Um, and then we open up with the ending place of the movie. We open up on a shot of the uh, the treehouse. Um, there's a lot of shots of that treehouse throughout this movie. 
Um, and then we get the slow rotating pan into the dollhouse. That's the transition into the first scene. Which was excellent. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> I loved it. Loved it. And honestly, I was kind of dreading taking notes for this, but I forgot. Hey, it's fun to take notes on a thing you like. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to our uh, last, last couple movies. Well, like I said, I've enjoyed taking notes once. <laughs> the entire time so far. This is the second time. Um, so, uh, the family gets ready to leave the funeral for uh, Ellen, and they uh, find uh, Charlie in the... Is she in the attic or in the treehouse? Uh, I believe she is in the treehouse. Okay, she's in the treehouse. I wrote attic for some reason. Um, Annie finds it suspicious that so many people come to her funeral. She's like, yeah, my mom was a bitch, so this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Annie, Tony Collette's character, uh, explains that uh, my mom was a very secretive and difficult woman um, that did some really weird shit. Um... And you can kind of tell it kind of left Annie a little bit... Yeah, traumatized. Traumatized from all of it. Um, and then this is sort of the first hint of just how many people are at this funeral that she is in a coven, a cult. Mm-hmm. Like, this is sort of the first hint of that. And you see some of the people that are in the end of the movie in this scene. Smiling in the Yeah, background. the smiley, the smiling <laughs> uh, creepy guy that's very naked at the end uh, <laughs> is just... <laughs> that's... They hang on that shot for so long, and you're like, I hate this. Yeah. It's oh, not, we're still lingering on it. Not even him being nude or anything. It's no, it's a smile. Because it's, it's just like, you see like a blue tinge of him, but you just see these pearly whites. Yeah. And he looks genuinely happy. He did a good job at that <laughs> face, because wow, was that terrifying. Um, yeah, a creepy dude smiles at Charlie. Um... And then a woman does, like, a weird thing to Ellen's lips. Like, she just kind of, like, rubs her lips in a weird way. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Charlie notices that and takes a chunk out of some chocolate product placement. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine what Hershey... How do they pitch this to Hershey's? Family, uh... It's a family tragedy movie, yeah. 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 Is anything going to happen to the character that eats the chocolate? No, she'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, the score is absolutely haunting in this movie when it really ramps up, but most of the score is actually just it's like almost a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Just boom, 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 boom. Uh, I actually thought it was like a bass from outside my house or something. Um, someone blasting music or something. Um, Annie's a min- miniature like house figurine builder, which is cool but kind of creepy. Yeah. It's, it's totally like... normal. <laughs> <laughs> Explains the family. Yeah. Um, Steve checks in on uh, Peter after the funeral. I wrote in Dad checks in on some because I just didn't know the characters at this point. Uh, and I've seen this movie a few times, but it's been eight to ten months probably. Um, Annie checks in on uh, Charlie and sees she drew Ellen. Um, and she's like, oh, this is awful. Um, this is <laughs> <laughs> um Charlie mentions that Ellen wanted her to be a boy. Oh, yeah. Which is, again, another hint at what is to come later. And you... I think you're actually supposed to get the sense that Pagan's been in Charlie the entire time? Because of the tongue clicking. It's unclear, but, yeah, I think that has to be what it... Because of tongue clicking. Yeah. Um, That's what really gave it away for me in this time watching. Like I said, I've watched it now three times, but... 
takes a couple of times to really pick up on everything. Uh, just because there's a lot of subtlety throughout this movie. Until the end, when there's just a woman that explains the entire plot. <laughs> I was like, you feel like that was an audience or a, um, a studio note. Mm-hmm. Like, you... So... You felt like a studio had watched it. It's like, so what the hell just happened? And then Ari explained. It's like, can you like, just have someone explain all that at the end? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think it, it usually doesn't work in a movie like this to spell it out. But I think it kind of worked in this because there were so many little nods to what was happening. <laughs> exactly. And so yeah, you. I can just tell that was a studio note. I yeah. guarantee you that was a producer note. Um. Sorry, I'm kind of lost in my 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 uh, very professional <laughs> podcast in here. Um, Annie, li- Annie looks through Ellen Thames and finds a, a photo album and reads a really creepy note. Um, I didn't write down what the note said. It was essentially like, um, everything happens for a reason. And uh, maybe re- some good things will happen. Maybe some bad things will happen is yeah. essentially what it yeah. says. The rewards <laughs> will exceed the sadness. Or yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah, it's a very poetic. Uh, Ellen was a poet. Um, let's see here. And yeah, just the lingering shots in this movie. Uh, this really, the mood in this movie is just very like, it like right now in the movie, it's just kind of sad. And then when Charlie dies, it kicks it up into the second act gear. And then the third act gear happens when Peter gets possessed in the classroom and has his head slammed. Yeah. Um, which apparently the actor thought that there was a different part of the desk that was softer than the other part because he actually wanted to bust his nose doing it. <laughs> like, he actually asked if he could. Dang. <laughs> um, which, kudos to him. Yeah. Um, but apparently he's like, they're like, no, because insurance, <laughs> I assume. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so when he slammed his head down, though, he didn't hit the saw part and he dislocated his jaw. Oh, crap. During that. So that I was like, well, worse. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That actually does sound worse now that you mentioned it. Um, so, uh,. It's, it seems like the teacher is aware of Charlie's little, um, her, like, just her, her issues. Issues, I don't, yeah, I'm, uh, issues is kind of a bad way to say it. Her oddities. Yeah. Oddities, I guess. No, that's um, not, yeah, you're right, that is a much better way. Um, I know you didn't mean anything bad by it. Yeah. You just, <laughs> you couldn't find the word that you wanted to say, it's yeah. fine, we all do it. Um, oh yeah, and then before that, Ellen Annie sees Ellen in the corner, like she's just standing there, and then she turns on the light. Oh yeah, that was the first uh, horror instance where you're the first very real disturbed. Yeah. Yes, because again, the music just has this like this piercing sound at that part, and yeah, it's a combination of the score and the mood, which I think is what makes a horror movie at its best is. Nailing atmosphere, I think, is number one to me. Yeah. And at that point, I'm guessing that's around the time that she, her body is put up in the attic? Would maybe be... Um, I think a little bit her? later is when we get the desecration phone call. Okay. Because um, that happens. Because I do have that uh, written down. Seems like, a uh, like I said, yeah, the teacher's aware. And she doesn't make 
Charlie put away the toy. She's like, hey, why don't we do this first, and then you can do your toy. Um, she's like a nice teacher. Yeah. More forgiving than I feel like most other teachers would be. Definitely. Even to kids like that. Um, all right. Um, and then, oh, yeah, Charlie. Or, and then, yeah, the pigeon flies into the, the wall. She has zero reaction to it. Just doesn't even care. Because, I, like, again, I think that's payment. So why would he react to that? Yeah. Uh, Charlie cuts a pigeon's head off with some school scissors, uh, and puts it in just her, her, her pullover s- sweater. Um, just to put the center pocket where you can <laughs> yeah. put your hands. It's just a fucking right bird head in there. Right, right next to the chocolate. Right next to the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I didn't even think about that. <laughs> What's uh, the triangle in the bedroom? You kind of don't know. You're like, okay, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that comes up much later. Had it always been there? Or I don't it... know. That's honestly a thing I was wondering myself. If that was... It looked like it was burnt. Yeah. It looked like it was actually, like, maybe... They made that, then they burnt it, and then it just kind of got mm-hmm. burnt into the floor. Maybe. Uh, they get a call from the cemetery, or Steve, the dad, gets a call from the cemetery that Ellen, uh... That the grave has been desecrated. We don't know that... She was stolen. Mm-hmm. They just say it was desecrated. Um, and uh, Steve lies to Annie because she's already under a lot of stress. And he's just probably like, I'm just going to handle this myself. Yeah. Makes sense, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes to, uh, it's okay to lie if you're actually saving someone from more just horrible feelings. Yeah. Um, Annie goes to a grief counseling and she talks about how they're estranged. And this is the first of... One of many amazing Tony Collette monologues in this yeah. movie, where she just kind of talks about her family, her brother had schizophrenia, which kind of tie- ties into the end of the movie. You're, that's where you're really wondering, are these people actually mentally ill? Are they just imagining these things in the mirror at them? Mm-hmm. Um, just very, very cool. Uh, her dad passed away, and I think she said died from depression. Yeah. Um, or... Pa- not die from depression. That's the stupidest well, thing I've ever said. Um, but yeah, I know what you meant. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then uh, the son apparently kept saying, Mom keeps putting people inside of me. Uh, so they thought he was schizophrenic. Turns out he probably wasn't. Yeah, that probably that, an indicator of uh, um, Paimon. Pay, yeah, just Paimon. Is it Paimon? I don't know. Is it I like keep, Pokemon? <laughs> I kept thinking it was like a Digimon or something. <laughs> <when> I said it. <laughs> I'm Paymon, the Digimon. <laughs> this really, um, yeah, it's really sent in motion if Annie is mentally ill rather than a satanic curse going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter takes a very realistic bomb hit. I'm sorry, but I've seen too many movies. I think I've seen one where they do it right, and that was fucking Pineapple Express. That's because those two were actually smoking weed in that moment on that set. Mm-hmm. But so- he actually has a bowl. He doesn't just... Okay, in most movies, when you take a weed hit, it's just, they just hold the bomb, blow the smoke, and just blow it out. It doesn't even look like they're maybe removing the thumb from the back for the hole. But here, he actually takes out the bowl. I was like, that's impressive. <laughs> and like, that shouldn't be impressive for a movie, but they just never get it right in these fucking things. Yeah. Never. Well, it was an indie movie. Maybe they had to, they were going like, we're going to make this authentic. <laughs> So they actually brought it. <laughs> Smoke this weed. It's from it's Utah weed. Um, good shit. Um, Charlie is doing something with the pigeon head. 
Um, when this is the first, I'm not sure if this is the first time, but the first time I noticed a blue light. Yeah. That happens. Um, distracts her. She kind of looks over and she looks out the window. Um, and I think she sees the treehouse, I believe. Yeah. So is, do you think that's an indicator that like, uh, Paymon is taking over? Cause I am unclear on what that actually means. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be maybe Paymon is in... It's really confusing, yeah. Like I said, this movie's very ambiguous. It kind of just wants you to put your own things on it at times. And other things, it just explains everything. Um, yeah, the blue light's interesting. I... I mean... It just might be... He just might be... I mean, he is a... a he is one of the kings of hell. Maybe he can do things outside of even being possessed. He can... Mm-hmm do things outside of it still um and he gets an email about her project and uh seems irked about it because they're kind of asking her, hey when's this going to be done um our house building project um miniature house building um charlie went inside the treehouse and did something <laughs> like yeah. she just goes in there and then we don't really see what actually happened in there um again i assume that was paymon in that moment because the the blue light maybe that was paymon possessing her at that moment mm-hmm that's what I'm thinking. Okay, okay. So maybe we were wrong about earlier. <laughs> um, Charlie is clearly not... Oh, and then um, Annie makes uh, Peter take Charlie to the party. She clearly doesn't want to go. Mm-hmm. I get where Annie's coming from. She's had a very tough week. She just wants her to go out, try to have some fun. Um, I don't know if she knows her own daughter, like, at all. Yeah. She doesn't seem like the most sociable person. So, this felt like, this felt a little uneven for me. Um, Just because, like, why would Charlie want to go to this? Like, you should know your daughter does not want to do this. Yeah. Um, But it's just a move to plot forward, really. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is fine. It's fine. Um, Like I said, even if I love a movie, I'm still going to have little critiques here and there. Because you can critique something you love, and that's perfectly Mm -hmm. okay. Um... Charlie does the tongue clicking, <laughs> which um, now tongue clicking to anyone's like, please don't do that. Mm-hmm. No, please a- don't. <laughs> after watching this, it's uh, it's a no go for me. <laughs> Excuse me, everyone. All right, we get a creepy uh, dollhouse shot of uh, Ellen watching Annie and Charlie. I assume that was from the past. Mm-hmm. This is what she used to do. Um, Charlie is clearly not having a good time at the party, and Peter uh, talks to women like I do, um, <laughs> which is very poorly, and uh, offers to smoke some weed and ignore his sister. Yeah, and sorry, I mean I'm just being real. That's literally what he does, and goes, "Hey, there's some cake over there. Why don't you go eat the cake?" Yeah, with the foreshadowing of uh, somebody chopping walnuts, which I gotta ask. It's like a was it actually, like, a school party, or was it just a party party? I think it was just a party party. So, what's, what party have you been to where somebody, like, Is cracking walnuts? Oh, bakes a cake? Um, not... <laughs> not a whole lot. <laughs> There's usually just, you know, handles of Captain Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, I mean, or cheap-ass beer that I would never drink. I mean, I'd love some cake at a party, but it just doesn't... <laughs> you and me just be sitting in the corner, just... Eating Slowly cake. eating cake. We just feed it to each other. <laughs> hey, whatever works. Whatever gets me cake. 
My yeah. hands don't work unless I feed you. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have to make this funny. This is a tragic movie. It is. <laughs> so we have to try to make jokes in between. Especially where we're going in the next couple minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's get real sad, everyone. Uh, Charlie gets an allergic reaction uh, from the cake. Um, she was allergic to some kind of nut. Um, and then uh, they go into the car... Uh, Charlie wants to get some air, so she opens the window, uh, Peter swerves out of the way to, I thought maybe it was like a dead coyote, but, uh, it was a dead deer, um, makes sense, that's a very large animal, (laughs) definitely want to avoid that, but yeah, and then that's when, uh, Charlie and a telephone pole have a nice little kiss. (laughs) That's a way of putting Uh, Peter's acting, the actor here, I forget his name. Let me look it up. Something Wolf. Yeah. Um, but it is just him sitting there. And it doesn't cut away, so he legitimately just cries in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and his acting is just very, very good in this scene. I I really liked it. And apparently Florence Pugh was in this movie, but I still couldn't. Yeah. She's in the cast. That's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So, uh, Alex Wolf. Oh, okay. Alex Wolf. That's I've seen cool. him all over the place, but I think this has got to be one of his first, uh, first uh, roles that has been up front, <laughs> a starring role. Was he in that movie Old? Yeah, yeah, he was. Okay, in old. he's one of the kids in Old. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's only in that movie for a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, he probably wanted to leave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peter parks the car. And just goes up to his room, and we already talked about this, and you can hear Annie say, oh, good, they're home. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like, oh, <laughs> it's just <laughs> such a knife. Yeah. Nice, such a knife twister. Um, Annie discovers Charlie, um, and it's all from Pierre's perspective. You just hear him, he's like, oh, I'll be back in 20 minutes, let's go into the store, and then uh, you hear the car door open, and then you just hear her screaming. And then this is probably one of the most uncomfortable fucked up and raw scenes I've ever seen where you just hear Tony Collette crying, literally saying, it hurts too much, I just want to die. Mm. And just over and over again in the way she's like just kind of cradling back and forth. It's... <laughs> yeah. This scene's rough. Yes, it's one of probably <laughs> the roughest scene of the movie. Yes, even easily. with the disturbing stuff that comes uh, later. Because it's so real. Yeah, it's... It's very real. We've... Like, if you've just been through this, man, this is this is how it feels, man. It's awful. <laughs> like, they handled grief so well in this movie. In such a realistic way of... Peter's just quiet throughout the rest of the movie now. Yeah. You completely know, like different he's... Different person. Completely different person, because he... And, um... Yeah, we'll get to the point where I talk about... There's a specific line. I'll just say it now. There's a line where, uh... Joan, the woman from from HBO's The Leftovers, um, (laughs) mentions to, um, or no, I'm sorry, Annie mentions to Joan, my daughter was killed. It's a very specific way of saying how your daughter passed. She doesn't say passed away, she says my daughter was killed. So in that moment, you know she blames, she blames Peter. Um, which, it... Which comes to a head later. Which the, comes to a head, the, the infamous dinner scene, which is probably the second most uncomfortable scene in this movie. Yeah. Anytime it's just Tony Collette yelling, 
is very uncomfortable. Yeah. I would hate to be her mother. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be terrifying. <laughs> I would never <laughs> want that woman to yell at me. <laughs> Woo. She's so good in this scene, though. Uh, they bury Charlie, and then you kind of just get the shot of it going into the ground. Very, very cool. Um, and he's just laying down during the whole wake, and I don't really blame her. Um, then you see a red light emit from the treehouse, and you're like, oh, is there some sinister stuff going on in there? No, it's just Annie sleeping with a little heat lamp. Yep. Um, <laughs> and uh, Steve looks through the dad, looks through uh, Charlie's uh, drawings, and um, kind of hard to believe he didn't do that sooner, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, but maybe he just couldn't face to go in there. I also get that, too. Um, it could work either way, honestly, now that I think about it for more than a second. Uh, Peter is in a bad way and just straight up has a panic attack when he's, um, very realistic version of a panic attack, too. Just, like, it's, like, this slow build-up, and when you have a panic attack, you feel it coming on. Um, and it's just one of those things, like, you can try to calm yourself, but it's just, much like this movie, everything feels inevitable. Mm -hmm. at a certain point. Um, that's also why I really like this movie. You can't run away from the boogeyman in this movie. Yeah. Everything in this movie is inevitable because of <laughs> because of Ellen. Um, which is makes it... And they talk about this in the classroom. Oh, the, the background while Peter's... Yeah, yeah. The, the, the teacher asked, like, how do you feel if you know like, what their fate is, as opposed to, like, they can make their own destiny. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what this movie really is, in a lot of ways. It's interesting. Um, he comes home, and Annie's in the car, uh, and you can tell Peter is really uncomfortable coming home, because he's, like, pa like not pacing, but he's kind of, like, jumping up and down a little bit. He's clutching his fist. He's like, I don't want to see my parents, because mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't even look at them. Yeah. Um... And, uh, and I assume Annie leaves because she just goes to the therapy sessions or she just leaves because she can't look at him mm -hmm. at the same time. But it's also an excuse for her to go to her grieving counselor or grieving counseling, which is like, um, we're those circle things. Like uh, it's kind of like AA, but I don't. Just a group meeting. Group yeah. meeting, group council meeting. Yeah. Um, group, group grief meeting. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Tongue twister there. Um, yeah, and he says, my daughter was killed to Joan. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, Tony Collectus deserves an Oscar when she asked, when the when Joan asked her, how old was your kid? She goes up, like she swallows, because she's like 13, and like you can tell she just <laughs> yeah. didn't want to say it. And then this is my next one. They have a dog? Because <laughs> it's like, I think the first shot of the dog. <laughs> I totally forgot that the dog's even in the movie. He's in like four shots in the whole mm -hmm. movie. Like, why is why is the dog even here yeah. in this movie? It doesn't play into the movie at all. Yeah. It's just there. It's very weird. Uh, the dad knows she's sleeping in the treehouse and he just... He just deals with it. He doesn't want to put any extra pressure on her. Yeah, I, and... Yeah, when it comes to grieving, you kind of just gotta let people... Yeah. Unless they're really hurting themselves. Mm -hmm. You just kind of have to let them deal with it the way they feel like they need to. Yeah. Um, and the dad is obviously holding it holding it together. Yeah, to, he's to like out. the only stable one that's just trying to keep the family from falling... He's the only reason why the family doesn't fall apart much heavier. Yeah. Um, 
Like, much heavier, much sooner, I mean. Yeah. Um, uh, cool little foreshadowing of the red light in Peter's eyes. Like, oh. he's just laying down, and you see the red from uh, the light in the room. It's just this tiny little red light in the center of his eye. Oh, I don't think I even noticed it's that. It's a really, actually. really cool shot. It's a really, <laughs> really cool shot. Um, Peter gets freaked out because he sees uh, Charlie in the bedroom. Oh, yeah. Is that, the, is that the part? I think so. Yeah. Oh, no, no, he just hears a sound. This is not the part. He just hears a sound and he looks around and mm. um, then it just kind of cuts away. I think it's just a, a little trick. Trick jump scare there. Because yep. you think something's going to happen and then it just doesn't. Uh, the blue light appears again uh, behind Annie when she's in her studio. Um, it just has this blinking thing and then the paint falls over and it lands on Joan, and that's when Joan, she contacts Joan, and then she gets more in contact with Joan, so mm. I imagine that was this payment going, let me just push that a little bit. <laughs> Has she already made the diorama of uh, the actual accident? No, no, oh. no, it's not happened yet. Um, I think that's way after the dinner scene, even. Oh, okay. Um, maybe. Uh, I just watched it last night, I should know this. <laughs> um, oh, and then, so, uh, Annie goes to Joan's and comments on her doormat. She's like, oh, my mom used to make ones just like it, which gives you another hint yep. <laughs> that she is, in fact, in the coven. Um, Annie told... I forgot about this completely. Annie told Jonah about when she sleepwalked one time and covered Peter and Charlie and herself in paint thinner and was holding a match. I forgot about this completely. Um, which is... Because the sleepwalking does play in a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really dark thing to imagine. <laughs> Um, the dad finds Annie recreating the, okay this is when it actually happens so you're you're right on the money there the dad finds Annie recreating the death scene with her miniatures and he's like the fuck <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pre I don't know if this is a, the healthiest way of grieving honestly yeah. <laughs> but honestly, you, it's a way to cope I guess uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's certainly some way um Alright, and then we get the infamous dinner scene. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm sure there are people that, maybe if you watched the movie for the first time or you're watching it again, uh, Peter Destria brings up, she didn't want to go. Yep. I'm not the only one culpable for this, which is not, it's not fair on either of them. Mm-hmm. It's just a tragic situation, like, blame shouldn't go around like this, but it's just kind of, <laughs> when you're grieving, you don't really make the best Verbal decisions and the best uh, decisions in general. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a really powerful scene. Again, another Tony Collette monologue where she's like, You are, I am your mother! And he's just looking at her like, Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. Yeah. Um, and he goes to the store and happens to run into Joan. And Joan tells her about the seance, and of course, uh, Annie thinks it's all BS. Joan convinces Anne to go over for uh, the seance, and uh, it starts wor- working, and Annie immediately just checks under the table, yeah. <laughs> which I love at the end, Steve does the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I like that that came back twice. I was, and that's like the only levity in this moment, mm. in this movie. That's the only comedy beat, maybe in this whole movie, yeah. is her checking under the table. Because um, it's intense, but it's still like this... Let me just, uh... <laughs> um, Annie freaks out and leaves and she hears her done, or her daughter's tongue clicking 
uh, in the back seat, and uh, she's starting to slowly uh, lose it here. Um, and he finds cartoonishly large ants. Um, I've seen <laughs> ants this big, but only when I go, like, camping or something. Yeah, they aren't usually crawling in your house. Oh, so yeah, they're usually, like, in deep woods. <laughs> but this is Utah, so maybe, I don't know. Um, they never really say where this movie takes place. It was filmed in Utah, but they never specify a town mm -hmm. or anything. So, which is really interesting. Um, and she followed the trail and finds Peter covered in the ants with the most haunting music you could ever possibly imagine. <laughs> um, and, uh, it turned out to be a dream. And then... She wakes up to Peter, and she pretty much says to Peter, I wish you were never born. Mm -hmm. And this is like, oh, my knots in my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> um, and then that was also a dream. So it was a dream within a dream. Mm -hmm. And she pretty much says, yeah, I tried to have a miscarriage with you. Um, yeah, it's just, this is bad on every... Yeah, extremely intense. And I, I don't know. She just does such a good job. Because she sounds very serious about this. And, yeah, she's just very genuine in all her... Putting, the, putting her hand on her mouth yeah, after yeah, she yeah. says it. Like, yeah. wow. Which happened in a movie. Oh, Gwen Stacy in Amazing Spider-Man 2. When she goes, Peter! And she covers her mouth. Yeah. That was a genuine moment. Yeah. She didn't mean to say that. But that was a good beat, though. I know, like, but, and then apparently the director was like, we're saving that. Yeah. That's really good. And it was. It was a great moment. <laughs> Uh, that's the, an example of movie magic, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which is the pun of our show. Um, so yeah, uh, and he wakes everybody and she tries to have a seance with them and she tells Steve and Peter she's a medium. The whole medium thing kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Am I miss? Was I missing something? No, I don't okay, think so. Okay. I was confused when that came up too. Okay, I was like, oh, she's just embracing her. Okay, sure, that's <laughs> weird. Um, the glass move and Stephen Peter. Peter freaks out way more. Um, he just starts crying. Uh, Charlie supposedly possesses Annie, and I say supposedly because that's just Paymon <laughs> acting as um, acting as her. And then the blue light appears in Peter's classroom. And um, he sees what I assume is Paymon just taking him over at that point. Hmm. Um, you can see Annie building. Oh, yeah. Uh, it feels like Annie, she's building a room with a bunch of chairs in it. Was that a funeral? One of those funeral rooms? Yeah, I think. Uh, what I think oh, at it the was, church? It was, yeah, I think it was the beginning scene. Okay, okay. That, that's at my the, guess, at least. Okay. Before the wake, at the church, probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird that she was in a church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those people were in the church, but they all worship one of the kings of hell. Um, I just thought that was... That was interesting. Does that not actually mean that there were angelical beings also? I guess so. If there's yeah. deep... Yeah, so it's just... It's really interesting. Um, uh, yeah, and you, so you can see any building a funeral home when Steve calls her and says Peter freaked out at school. Um... Steve and Peter uh, get home, and, uh, oh, Steve finds Annie's studio destroyed, um, and she just completely destroys it, she just loses it, um, and then, uh, Annie walks into, uh, Charlie's room and finds her, uh, drawing book just being drawn by 
into by nothing at that point. Um, and a very creepy scene. I like the way it was shot, just the way... Oh, this also... We haven't really mentioned the cinematography. Some really gorgeous shots in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the ones I really liked was... Um, uh, when Peter is going up to Charlie's room toward the end of the movie. And it's just like a silhouette of him with the blue light in the back. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when Joan is talking to Annie at the grocery store. It's just that bright sunlight... Um, and just the way it was lit was really... You can tell they waited hours for that lighting. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Peter sees uh, Charlie in his room. This is the one I was talking about earlier. I just got them a little bit mixed up. Um, and he's getting his head pulled. Um, and she thinks it's Annie doing it. Was it Annie? Uh, or was that just a dream sequence? I, I well, it seemed like it actually happened, so I think it had to be Annie because it and seems she was like just... Paimon can't affect people physically unless he's inside of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um. All right, and then Annie tries to burn the drawing book, and then it starts burning her. So like she's tied to the book, and so the book burns, she burns, but. I have some questions about that later on. <laughs> yeah. I'm still a little bit confused about how Yeah, it works. yeah, yeah. Which is fine. I'm, I'm fine with a little mystery. Yeah, that I can't yeah. Solve. <laughs> and he goes to Jones, and you can see the ritual inside. You see a picture of Peter. You see all of... I think you see several of uh, Charlie's toys in there that she mm. built. Um, these fucked up, like, handmade transformers that she made. <laughs> um... And Annie finds this is kind of when we get our big, uh, not exposition dump, but just a little bit of, like, explanation of what's really happening. And you see Paimon, the king of hell, um, inside the book. And um, and then she sees a photo album and Jones in it and there's a bunch of people. And Steve gets an email about the desecration, and this is when we actually find out that Ellen's body was, in fact, stolen. Mm. Um Annie goes up to the attic and find Ellen's headless body there. I don't know how they didn't smell that before. Yeah, I kept asking myself that. Because... <laughs> or at least more I flies. don't think if people know what death smells like, it's un it's ungodly. <laughs> it actually can just make you... Most of the time, you'll just vomit from the smell of it. Mm. Um, I had to do that once from a dead rat in our ceiling. Oh. That was up there for... Oh, uh, um, at my work. <laughs> Not at home. It was at my work. I had the... Oh, boy. <laughs> Story for a different day. Um, so, and then Peter, um, is losing it. Uh, and hears her sister's tongue clicking, and then he gets possessed. Um, I'm sorry. I think I doubled down on my notes. I'm sorry. I have so many notes here. <laughs> I have so many. That's a good movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then that's when I think the head smash happens. Which is the start of Act 3. Which is, yeah, this is really <laughs> the start of Act three, 3 here. Um, Annie tells Steve about the body in the attic, and he's, he's just think he thinks she's just gone completely mental at this point. Um, uh, that she's just lost it. And then, uh, oh yeah, and then Steve picked up here from school. And, uh, Steve... Finally, for the first time in the movie, breaks down himself. This is the first time that he finally lets down his uh, his shining armor. 
Um, Annie tells Steve that uh, he has to burn the book. Um, after they discover the bodies, and Steve is like, what the fuck? And I'm like, what the fuck? How did you not smell that before? <laughs> um, uh, and then Steve just won't do it. It covers in kerosene, so I don't know if that affected... Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, So Steve burns up, and this is probably my number one question in this movie: is why Steve burns and not Annie? Considering we established earlier in the movie that if the book burns, Annie gets burned. <laughs> so I imagine maybe at that moment, maybe Paymon possessed her, because at this point she's possessed from mm. this point on. Yeah, and then that's why Steve burnt instead, because Paymon was in control. Like, she can't... I don't think Payman could burn himself. Like, he wouldn't want that to happen. Mm -hmm. So maybe he can prevent that. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I'm just kind of spitballing. What do you think? Uh, honestly, I have no clue. <laughs> I think that's the best idea that I... Uh, think of, so... so Peter wakes up and we get the, the, some of the more haunting shots in this movie of just Tony Collette in the corner of the room. And we mean, like, in the ceiling in the corner. Mm -hmm. Just kind of hanging there like she's Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Woman, I should say. Um, and yeah, and then she just straight up turns into Spider-Woman and crawls like... Which is kind of a cheesy shot. Yeah, but it's, it's a so, little... It's, it's creepy. So it's disturbing, but it's just the way that she like paddles her feet. It kind of looks like she was just doing it in midair or mm -hmm. something. It was just a little weird, but it's still very creepy. Uh, Peter looks for his parents and hears a loud brain. Well brain uh loud bane uh my word mouth is not uh <laughs> my uh word talker is not working well today i apologize everyone uh like i said cinematography is amazing uh peter finds his crispy dad um <laughs> and annie is in the corner again just acting like a marvel character and uh the smiling guy from the funeral is very naked and i just wrote and it's the worst thing ever. Because <laughs> we lean on this shot for a good seven seconds at mm. least. It's a long time. And then you start noticing um, so many more nude people in the back just kind of hanging out and smiling all over yep, the rest of the yep. film. And uh, it's the only nudity in the movie, but mm. it's not sexy nudity. It's yeah. like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. It's like a nude beach nudity. Yeah. <laughs> It's like when you go to a new beach, you're like, this is not what I was expecting. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's effective. It's effective. <laughs> it's effective. Um, Annie chases Peter, and he hides in the attic, and uh, Annie just uses her head as a good little door knocker. Um, <laughs> like those big metal things you can... <laughs> it's just, it made me think of that. <laughs> uh, Peter... <coughs> Excuse me, everyone. I'm so sorry. Peter finds a bunch of candles in the attic. Um, Peter's not reacting to the smell of a dead woman um, <laughs> at all. It's very weird. Uh, oh, no, his nose is broken. He wouldn't be able to smell. Oh, yeah. Hey, that makes sense. That go. makes sense. That makes sense. Nice. Okay. I just literally thought of that as I said that. Um, Peter hears something, looks up, and Annie is cutting her head off with a, I believe, like a, a piano string or a violin string. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Oh, yeah, I think they did have a piano in the house. Hmm. I think so. Anyway, good so detail. how did she get in there? 
I, I don't know. The people Jeez. inside the room, maybe they just opened up the hatch real quick. But when you see light coming into the attic there when they open it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, she's possessed. How about, like, I don't know, magic? We'll just go with unclear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's unclear how she got in there. And really, we're just being nitpicky assholes at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, like we are every week. Um, but that's what we do here, folks. Uh... He just straight up, straight up jumps out the window. <laughs> I thought this was actually going to be the final scene, too. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, and then you can see the blue light going over him, and this is when he gets possessed. Uh, officially official. This is when he's at, it's, he's at, he is at his most vulnerable, which is, I think, when the possessions can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh... He's just slowly walking. We get the shot of the dead dog that's been barely in the movie. Um, then we see more naked people um, just kind of standing there, kind of as like in the woods. Um, good thing they're not, they don't live near anybody. They're just kind of in a s- yeah. solid because then the neighbors were like, there's a lot of naked people over there. <laughs> um, um, oh, and then Annie just floats up to the treehouse like a broken Paymon dispenser. Um <laughs> I think we have our episode title. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Peter goes up there and sees um, like a payment uh, altar. Altar, thank you. That's and uh, yeah, Charlie's head's just in like in the middle of this altar. And then you see Annie's headless head. You see Ellen's headless uh, headless head, headless body. Again, my word mouth, my word. Ah! <laughs> My word maker maker is not working today. I apologize, everyone. Uh, my God, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> no, you're all good, man. Um, too much coffee. I'll just blame <laughs> it on that. I'll blame it on too much coffee. Um, yeah. So and then there's just a bunch of naked people, sort of kneeling. Then we get the biggest exposition jump in this entire movie, which is just the plot of the film. Mm. And then they put the crown on Peter slash Payman. I'm pretty sure it wasn't coincidence that they Payman Peter both start with P. Mm-hmm. Probably not a coincidence. Um, and then yeah, they just chant "Hail Payman," and then we cut the black and we see the title screen of Hereditary, directed by Ari Aster. Mm-hmm. And that is it. Um, what a movie! Yeah, what a movie! <laughs> Crazy ass ride. Um, we will announce our next franchise next week. We want to keep y'all in suspense. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it's a franchise I dearly love. Um, so, And uh, one of the movies is going to possibly murder us with the heat in this room. Because <laughs> one of the movies is close to three hours. Ooh, that's going to be a rough one. <laughs> and honestly, folks, if we thought that we were kind of burning through the third act there, it's very hot in this room right now. It's so hot in this room right now. I'm dying. So we're going to leave. Have a good day, everyone. And...